it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Hi, my name is Mark Wilkinson. I design album sleeves for various bands and you are listening to Jamie and Tom on the podcast that's called Chronicles of Podcast. You heard it here first, folks, but not necessarily as fast as it should have been. Now, before I begin, right it's the 40th edition but i seem to have this knack for forgetting to throw the hands up immediately so for all those that you've been watching the past few episodes i'm so sorry about this but sh- should we do this shit properly yeah hi guys it's the chronicles of podcast and it's the 48th game show wave game show wave all of the game show wave excellent it's the 40th edition and uh jamie i believe this the chronicles of mark wilkinson am i right you are damn right, sir. Wonderful. I keep enjoying driving, so I'm going to keep going. That's okay with you? That's fine, darling. I haven't got a license anyway. Wonderful. Hit it! Why, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 48th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these are the Chronicles of Mark Wilkinson. It is I, the very hot, the very sweaty, bearded brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, is this handsome bugger over here. You don't have to be arrogant, Jamie. Very hot. My days, you do think quite highly of yourself, don't you? Cool. But no, face like this. what Jamie's referencing right now is we are sweltering like it is disgusting in here i mean i live in a third floor flat um so it's like a furnace i think it's like 32 in here 33 oh uh it's not pleasant i'm not gonna lie to you i don't know what sleep is <laughs> it's literally it's just disgusting it is disgusting but you know the lengths that we boys go to to entertain you all eh yeah. um but yeah, I, I see what you mean, Jay. It is, it is melting. Um, it's the Scotsman Tom, by the way. Hi, everybody. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the 40th edition. <laughs> um, 
it's, uh, it's good to have you back. Welcome back. Uh, we appreciate it. Matt Wilkinson's in the building this week. So hopefully you're going to enjoy this one for all you uh, all you metalheads out there. We'll definitely enjoy this one. Or all you Marillion heads, shall I say. Um, but Jamie, yes. do you reckon anybody has ever held peace before? How, how do you hold peace? <laughs> Speak now or forever hold your peace. How do you hold your peace? Oh, that's a very good question. Like, how do you hold? How do people hold peace at a wedding? Like, do they? Are they a, hold a dove? I don't fucking know. Is that how you hold peace? peace? Is that how you hold peace? Stop, it's a dove. <laughs> and you let your let your peace fly. But if you let your peace fly, is that you're destroying the wedding? Going actually, I would love to say something. A really good point. Is that we're just going to hold peace? Speak um, now. Will forever hold you. Just like fifty years later, I just want. I didn't want to say anything, so I've still got this fucking dove. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't hold your silence work? Like I don't know. Hold your words. How do you hold peace? Also, do you, do you actually know anybody that's ever tried to destroy a wedding just for the fucking sake of it, or that anyone's ever actually gone? Yes, I object. Any particular reason? Thought it'd be funny. That that's got to have happened. Surely. I, this day I, and age with this glad culture, that's got to have happened. Every time I go to a wedding and they say that, you instantly, everyone's just like, I don't want to say anything. I remember, my, I remember my stepmom said where she went, I fucking dare you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, she said fucking as well. It was like, oh, there we are. <laughs> Sorry about that fake man in the sky. Uh, yeah, this is this is your house. Uh, your, uh, you are, you know, your holy... Whatever it's called these days, I didn't even put that together. That was in a church, and she said that that's actually it makes it even funnier. That's yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Amazing. It's just when she turned around, she went, "How fucking dare you!" Um, <laughs> yeah, you like, just sound like a drunk aunt at the wedding. How fucking dare you? Go on. But yeah, I was just I was just curious to how how you hold peace. It's a very good question. I like that. Yeah, I, I don't have a clue. <laughs> okay. The other thing I wanted to bring to the show this week, by the way, if anybody has actually ruined a wedding, not that anyone listens to this, but if anyone's ruined a wedding, I would know someone that has. I want to know your stories. Yes, um, definitely. Who decided that in this weird world we live in, that it's cool to sit at the back of the bus? It's cool. <laughs> like, like hardcore if you're really fucking hardcore, you go upstairs to the back. Oh, we don't want to fuck Jesus fucking Christ. No, exactly. <laughs> but then at school as well, all the cool kids sit at the back. Why? I kind of get the one in school because you're furthest away from the teacher so you can act like a knob and hopefully not be noticed. But the bus... But will that bring, will that bring more attention to you if you're at the back of the school, at the back of the school, at the back of the class? <laughs> You'd think... It probably would, but yeah, I'm, trying like, to think, I'm trying to use child logic. I reckon teachers go, you're a prick. You're a prick. Okay, so I know who the bad kids are. Lovely. And these are obviously people that want to learn. Excellent. Probably I'll focus sure. on the people at the back. There's always punishment, it. wasn't it? You, come sit at the front near me. Yeah. That's, yeah. You little so shit. I can watch you. <laughs> I'm while I eat, close on you. While I eat me apple. Why do you teach you apple so much? Eat me apple. <laughs> Um, but yeah, who decided that cool kids, like badasses, sit at the back of the bus? What's that all about? And when you sit back there, people go, fuck you think you're doing? <laughs> just, yeah. On public transport? We own this. They're like in the teenagers. We own this. Yeah. 
and then they find it for a draw penises on the window. Ha ha ha! No, it's a dick. Oh, it's a lot bigger than mine, but still it's a dick. Ha ha ha! I drag. I could draw penises. Ah, I don't know which way I swing. <laughs> you know what else I'm going to do? This song I really like. I'm going to play it loud so you can all hear it. Yeah. Oh, that does my fucking tits in as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember um, getting on the bus not long and a bunch of school kids got on. I was like, were we this annoying? Like, you, right. surely we couldn't have been. What What's so great about Wales? Is there's separate buses? There's one for school and one for normal people. It's f- phenomenal. There's oh, no, there's no kids on ever on my bus, and it's just I'm at peace. It's grand. I'm so happy. It's great. It's so great. Oh, imagine those buses that have got kid, just kids on are utter chaos. Yeah, I'd hate to be them drivers. Um, <laughs> you were uh, absent last week, weren't you? Guess what? You got the school bus route this week. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but just just before I move on, uh, to all buses on the way home last weekend, there was a girl sat about a seat or two in front of me because I read at the moment with how fucking ridiculously hot it is. I sit on the one that's on the wheel, so the window, the window like blows air into my face. Yeah, it's like, whoa, um, well, not really, you know, well, I've got any hair, but you know, I mean, <laughs> whoa, um, and this girl was like picking at her jumper or whatever and then it was all of like her hair and whatever shit she had on it and she was like salt banging it into the next chair <laughs> and I was just like what are you doing and I was like fascinated she's like just like proper salt banging her hair her dead skin maybe whatever shit oh. was on her jumper into the, in, into the chair in front there was no one sat there but I was like what like if you're going to do that at least put it to the floor oh, like yeah. not the chair in front of you but it's probably it was there for ages, like hair, shit, skin. I got like yesterday's dinner. Yeah, to salt bang that shit all over the chair in front. It was so weird. But in but front, still. in front, or next to no, the chair in front of her. So the, the next seat's over. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> it was very weird, Jamie. It's very, very. It's a weird time. It's a weird time. Um, anyway, know. how are you, sir? I'm very well. I'm very tired. I've had a very busy day at work today, so I'm pretty knackered. Where are you, Amy? I was on main x-ray. So it's basically getting people for x-rays and taking them back all day. But there's no respite. It's just literally go, 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 all day. And it's like, by the... And in I this lo- heat. What I love is that you've tried to make your own fireman calendar on your Instagram. What? Do you like seeing me in a black and yellow suit? Look at me with my fireman's hat on. Yeah. Do you like seeing this bitch? Look at look at me, bitches. Look at me in my fucking fireman's that right. outfit. It's funny, when you put it on, you're like, I'm not going to take a photo. Who am I kidding? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know you take a photo if you put on a fireman's outfit. Don't even try and deny it. Have you seen my Instagram? Have you How many photos do I take, Jamie? That's a very like, good Fuck point. all? Yeah, exactly. So, point, actually, of course yeah, I wouldn't. Because I was going... <laughs> I, yeah, and every time I look, I go, gormless, twat, no, fuck <laughs> off, prick. Who the fuck's this ginger knobhead? Every time, like, it's just like, I, I can't take a decent photo. It's horrible. It's horrible. The, the art of taking a selfie is just beyond me. I don't know how people do it. Well, I know. You've nailed it with your side uh, pout. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, Westwood. <laughs> That's all you do. <laughs> That is what I'm going to have to call the Westwood. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> got my own look. You got us off, Jamie, yeah. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> One of those ones where I want to like go, no, yeah, he's right. I can't say shit. Fuck. If anybody has listened to this on audio, go to the YouTube now and go to this part of this segment of the show and just enjoy <laughs> the the Westwood pout. Um, but you'll know, so see, I can't even deny it. I hate that fact. Busy, yeah. busy day at work, then, yeah, yeah, it's just very busy. And in this heat, it's an absolute killer, but yeah, other than being tired, I'm yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Excellent, yeah, I'm also quite knackered. Yeah, I'm on day five of six. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. Um, I haven't had a day off since last Wednesday. That's Wednesday, yeah. Um, so I'm fucked. Um, staff are dropping like flies, so it's just really busy and there's no one in. It's great. Joy. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's really tough. Um it's been quite grumpy and moody and shitty. I've been coming home because it's been knackering. And then my buses haven't turned up. So I've been getting home like two, two, nearly two and a half hours later than I finished. It's like, this oh. is bullshit. Um, so yeah, it's not been great. But yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm grand. I'm, I'm really good. Um, really good. Just prepping, prepping for eight days on my own. Um, so as Keris is uh, off on her holly bobs again uh, on Wednesday. So to Turkey and I hope she has an absolutely amazing fucking time if she's listening to this while she's out there I hope you have the best time and I love you you need to hide in a suitcase next time to go with well the next holiday is us so oh, well, there I, don't, you go. I don't need to yeah just hide uh, in a suitcase for this one then NYC baby it's going to be incredible that sounds good NYC baby um <laughs> yeah so sorry I had to get I had to go there but yeah man I'm, I'm fine I'm just I'm just shattered from working from Rihanna and yeah, I was dozing off while I was waiting for you to come on today. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. Man. So I, I had some things to sort before we uh, before we cracked on. So, uh, but yeah, what have been, what's been going on there, man? What's been, what have you been uh, what have you been doing yourself? Not a fat lot, to be honest. I've mostly been working. Like I said, I, I did overtime my one day off and then my other day off, I went to see the kids. So I've literally have not stopped. <laughs> um but yeah, as I said, I went to see the kids, which was glorious. Uh, just took a stroll. I went and got some last bits that I need for my bike ride. So I'm all ready to go. How are you feeling about that? I was feeling great about it until the the, the news came along and went, UK, heatwave, hottest day will be Sunday, 31 degrees. And my head just went, oh, fuck off, you big lamp. Like, ah, oh, why does it have to be that day? That's going to be the hottest one. But I'm not backing out. I will just persevere and be a big sweaty mess when I get there. What'd you get for it? What do I get for what? Oh, the bike ride. I got some energy shots, things. I brought a gel padded seat for my bike. So my arsehole will be slightly less damaged by the time I get to the end. Um, borrowed a power bank to get me through. I've got like a little thing to put my maps on my handlebars. Yeah, all good to go. Well, about, to go. Well, that, about hydration. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get all that just before I go. But I'm probably, but I was thinking if I take a load of drinks and that heat, it's going to be like drinking kettle water. So I'm going to stop along the way and get fresh drinks, I think. Okay. Because it just seems like a better idea. Jamie, I mean, this is, this is the last episode before you hike. Um, and I just want to say, like, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Like, I'm really proud of you. That you're willing to endeavour this 110 mile ride or 116 mile, whatever it is, um, like yeah, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and you know, I wish you all the best. I wish you Godspeed. 
um, you know, maybe one day I'll join you on such some sort of escapade. But <laughs> to cycle 116 miles, I'm just like, nah, I'll be there after one. So, you know, uh, Godspeed, sir. Godspeed, keep me up to date, please. I'll watch you. And I'll ma- I'm going to film stuff, make a vlog out of it. All the thing. socials, yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah. And uh, everybody keep getting your donations in. We are only £117 away from a grand. Get it in. Get it in now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm gonna keep telling myself I'm excited. No, <laughs> no, it's gonna be good. Uh, other than that, this week, um, Kevin Smith released the trailer for the new Clerks movie, and it made me very, very happy. Clerks Three is coming out. I watched the trailer about five times so far, and it just, it just makes me very happy. I'm so excited. <laughs> the only thing that's annoying me is it's not getting a normal cinema release. He's doing what he did with the last one, where it's like. He's touring it instead. So I've got to wait to find out when I can actually bloody watch it. Oh, okay. Uh, but other than watching wise, I finished The Boys. This new season just finished. Superb. So the show is amazing. If you're not watching it, you need to watch it. And okay. you need to watch the episode Hero Gasm for the most bizarre portion of TV you'll ever watch in your life. That's all I'm going to say. And we started Umbrella Academy season three because I completely forgot that it started again. Nice. Never seen that. Really good. And on your recommendation, sir, I'm not going to say I've started it properly because I haven't even finished the first episode, but I've sort of started the Orville. Oh, yes. Yeah. Isn't it great? I'm loving so far. Like I said, I haven't even finished the first episode yet. Okay. Well, for the record, my favorite character is Bortus, just to let you know. Which one's Bortus now? Is that? We only urinate once a year. We urinate once a year. Yes, the big, same, the big same, alien, same alien dude. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so great. <laughs> oh, well, that must be very troubling for you. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's so, so good. So, so good. I'm, I'm no, when I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is a show for me. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, you'll love it. It's it's yeah. it's like got Star Trek written all over it, but it's just like a massive piss take and it's a huge comedy and it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and one of the actors from 24s in it that I used to I fucking despised in 24 which is great in this uh, which is Penny Johnson Gerald she plays the medic oh yeah I know yeah. her from something else but I can't think what I meant to go on IMDB and I never did which is, which is a massive character in 24 so yeah I've never watched 24 so I don't know I'm you're going to have to for a couple of weeks time oh very true very true I have to do a bit of research <laughs> But yeah, like I said, that's it. I've not done a lot at all. Not a lot at all. What about you, Sire? Just before I get into it, just mention going back to the 24 interview we've got coming up. Uh, it's going to be Bullet of My Valentine. Uh, tears will fall. <laughs> they crash <laughs> around me. Uh, mm. So I need to hydrate because I've lost like 30% of my body mass already with how hot it is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> What have I been doing a lot of Rihanna? And as I said, I'm on day five or six today. Oh, I don't know why every time I say that, I go, I need to yawn then. Um, and so day six tomorrow, so I'm really looking forward to a day off. But I've got two days off in a row as Karis goes away. So I'm like, oh, amazing. <laughs> two days off as soon as she's gone. Um, so I hope she has the most amazing time out there. Like, I'm really excited for her. Uh, she's going with her sister, so it's just them two. So it's quite nice to have some one-on-one time and whatnot. Um so reiterating, I went to the cinema last night to watch The Black Phone. Um, my days. Yeah, it, I saw that check. I've never heard of this film. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's like a psychological thriller 
Um, it's got some jump scares in there. Ethan Hawke is amazing in it. Um, okay. It's really good. Highly recommend. Um, it's got... Uh, do you know what it's about? I know literally nothing. I didn't even know it was a film that existed. It's about a child abductor. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going to give any more away. Okay. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I'm intrigued. it's fantastically good. Um, quite a few jump scares, and I just to let you know. Um, so what's that? Uh, Scotland dis- destroyed Argentina in the rugby on Saturday night, so I was very happy. I went out onto the balcony and just Brian Danielson the entire like just on the balcony <laughs> with my arms out, just like so happy. Um, <laughs> Karis was just pissing herself laughing, she found it hilarious. Um, you well, watching sport is a monumental thing to watch, it's like oh, the best it's thing just- in the world. I love watching Scotland play. Like they give me fifteen thousand heart attacks, but then when things start going right, it's just like the best thing in the world. Um, but what was hilarious was they haven't turned the commentators' microphones off, and it's filmed in Argentina. So when the national anthem was playing, all you could hear was the commentators just belting "Flower of Scotland" out in like a horrible tone. It was funny as shit. So, <laughs> and fought and died for that was great. It's so good. I was trying. I was singing my heart out, but trying to laugh at the same time because it was just like drowning out the stadium. It was really funny. Um, so that was cool. Uh, what else have I been doing? I'm trying to think. I love the fact um, you sing along to your national anthem. We are now... Uh, I love the fact you sing along to your always. national anthem. I cry every time as well, without fail, every single time. I'm a very proud Scotsman. they just so proud to become from such a superb nation uh, and one of the greatest countries in the world. Like, I love my country and I always will. Um uh obviously the news has been mental. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit. The news has been mental. We don't talk politics in this show, but my days, that's been insane. And if you haven't watched the latest Jonathan Pye video, why? You need to watch Jonathan Pye's latest video called Bye Bye Boris and just thank me later. <laughs> okay. Mainly for the last thing he says. <laughs> um yeah, just yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it. Just watch Bye Bye Boris by Jonathan Pye. You'll thank me later. Okay. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think what else I've been doing we've been getting loads of guests in uh, we've got some sick interviews coming up it's insane uh, but to be honest with you Jay, I got to say we're on 24 series 8 now um, how many uh, was in total again? 9 okay I thought it was 9 and I've never seen 9 oh because okay. it came out years after eight did, because eight was meant to be it all was meant to be the finale, and then all of a sudden they made half a series, twelve episode, hmm. and I never got to watch it. I don't know why. I just never did. Is that one um, called twelve? No, it's called twenty four. No, no, series just, nine. Just a shit joke, right? It was awful. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I can't give you that. <laughs> um, I don't like it. Like, I've not really done a whole hell of a lot. It's a quiet week all around there and there. Yeah, so, so I just so I think like I've got loads coming up. We've interviewed, we've interviewed loads actually since we last recorded. No, we haven't. We did all of them before. No, we did we all of them before the last recording. Oh, I can't fucking remember anymore. Yeah. I can't remember what's been going on. Yeah. I think we're all caught up then. Shall we uh shall we let Braden tell us all about Stay Cozy? Oh go on.
All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Barry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, The Chronicles, at checkout. Oh boy! I will forever love that video. It's just great. It's just <laughs> well, you made the video, he made the advert. So, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, two genius heads come together. Look what happens! Magic is made. I know. Everyone, go check out that summer drop for Stay Cozy. It is super. There's so many things on there. One, and go and get that weirdo Mosha freak Sophie Lancaster T-shirt because it's a work of art. I hope he's sold fucking loads. I'm talking to him to Wednesday night, so I'm looking forward to hearing about it. But Jamie. Yes, sir. It's only time for Cards Kitchens. Yeah, it is. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you. And Callum's treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. So welcome to another edition of Callum's <laughs> Treachings. It's a range parrot there. That was weird. It's, it's, it is what it is. Don't worry about it. You know, these things happen. Um, if you're watching the YouTube video of this, um, there are only two treachers this week. So if you're watching the YouTube video, you're about to find out why. Audio, audio listeners, I'm really sorry. You'll have to go to the YouTube for this because there's no sound. Callum attempted <laughs> to give us quite a few treachings. But what happened was, and he apologises now, um, we're about to show you a little outtake video. Um, but what happened was he was trying to do a some treaches and there was a fight outside. So there were people screaming and shouting. Uh, he then informed me later on that it all kicked off. A massive fight broke out and the police had to break it all up. I love that video. It's, I can, it's, you can it's see how frustrated he gets, but it's his face. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> his faces are the best. And I love that he actually sent me an outtake. So uh, for all you YouTubers, enjoy that one. I could never imagine Callum being angry, but that's probably the closest we're going to get. Was <laughs> God, I don't want to imagine Callum angry. Fuck. <laughs> I know, yeah. No, thanks. No. Um, but still, we digress. We do. Jamie. Yes. Sir. What is Callum treating us this week? Hold music is a lot less annoying than the voice that interrupts every time saying that you're still on hold. Yeah, why, do, why does that happen? Oh, I like, don't why, know. Uh, <laughs> you just start got... getting into the groove of it and it's like, you are fifth in the queue. Fuck off, woman. Or it's, thank you for holding. Right. We are aware that you are waiting on this call, but there are other people ahead of you. The most annoying one that makes my blood boil every time is, your call is important to us. If it was, you'd fucking answer sooner. Um, But I always find as well, you either get the whole music that's like the latest song, and it's quiet as hell. Yeah. Or you get orchestra, which blows your ears off. (laughs) It's like, thank you for holding. You are currently number five in the queue. Jesus, fuck me. Especially if you're on hands-free, it's like, ah! Like your eardrums burst, blood pours out everywhere. It's insane. Mozart's, it's great going, excellent, I got another one. 
absolutely <laughs> mental. But like I say, if it's most popular hits, it's like. Backstreet's back, oh, do, do, do. Yeah, and you go, oh, I love this song. <laughs> Look how popular hits in my head instead of Backstreet Boys. Yeah, but then it's always like, everybody, hello, welcome to E. Yeah. <laughs> right, oh, oh, sorry, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that has actually happened to me before. Has it? That's phenomenal. What <laughs> ex- story? Oh, there's not much to it. I was just singing along and then she went, hello, welcome. Like, oh, hello, hello. She didn't say anything. She didn't act upon it at all. Fucking fantastic. You can't Good not sing along, there. especially when you're on the hole for that long. You just, well, you've got to entertain yourself or you'll go crazy. This is very true. I always, it's always one of those moments where I go, I need to really shit or piss or whatever. <laughs> I go, have I got time? Have I got time? I'll go for a pit. So I... Susan's so actually urinate. Hello, welcome to E. Shit, shit. Mute. One more, one second. Mute. <laughs> and then you want to tend to unmute that and unmute it again. <laughs> Aim for the side of the bowl. Aim for the side of the bowl. But still, <laughs> so sorry there's only two this week, but obviously you found out why earlier. Uh, but still, Callum delivers as always. And finally, what is Callum treating us? Uh, this week? Medium is the only measurement that works for shirts, hot sauces, and steaks. <laughs> That's really clever. I like What's that. What's the last one? Steaks. Steaks. Oh, ste- oh. oh, yeah, of course. Medium rare, though. But yeah. <laughs> That's shirts, really clever. Hot sauces, and steaks. I like that. That's really clever. I feel like that could be a really dodgy riddle as well. What? What um what can what do these things have in common? Steaks, shirts, and hot sauces. You can get them in immediate. I, my brain's racking massively trying <laughs> to think. Is there anything else? Oh, I can't add football to it. It's perfect. But yeah, he's absolutely nailed it again. But medium hot sauce. Oh yes, that is superb. But he's absolutely right, and that's blown my mind a side of it. But yeah, I've never put that together before. Oh, two absolute standout treatures again. I have a third treat for you. Oh, fuck off. My boy is coming again. Mr. Samuel Westwood has come up with another little treat for us. I really wanted to film him doing it, to say it so he could put it on the show, but he didn't want to be filmed. But I thought this was quite clever. So my son, my 12-year-old son, turns around and says, you know how your thumb isn't technically a thumb, a finger, it's a digit. So therefore, you don't actually have a middle finger. Okay. I, like I thought it. that was quite clever. I stood outside m and I was like, uh, 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 you're right. You're absolutely right. We don't have, that's not a finger. That's a digit. It's a thumb. It's completely different. We have no middle finger. Wow. So there you go. Mind blown by a 12-year-old. Sorry? Mind blown. Don't oh, mind. I thought it said <laughs> I am blown. <laughs> no. That's why, what? <laughs> I genuinely didn't hear say mind. I genuinely heard say I am blown. And I went, sorry? No. Just no. I'm not even going to make a joke out of that. Just no. A friend of mine, I mean, that, Sam, that, that actually is genius. I can't debunk it. You can't. I can't, I can't. I can't debunk it. It's better than the dictionary one. Um, a friend of mine... Uh, Sam, she has a few kids 
but what her youngest kid is coming up with his own jokes. Um, and she's posting them on Facebook and they're fucking excellent. I think he's four or something. But his joke this week, and I was like, this is absolutely amazing. Why was the maths book sad? No. Because it's full of problems. <laughs> That's genius. A four-year-old came up with that. I'm pretty sure he's some sort of age of that. Yeah, but I thought that was absolutely amazing. That's brilliant. So. I like bravo to that small child. Yeah, big shout out, big shout out. It's great. Uh, but Jamie. Yes, sir. I suppose she gets Tom's journal. Oh, yes, we should. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. I'm excited. I'm excited. You've been building I'm this excited. one up. I'm excited for this week's uh, because it's there's some absolute stellar boiling. I am roasted. It is. We're, we're, Jamie, we're almost there. We're almost yeah, there. Don't, we don't are. You panic. Don't you panic. We're at the journal now. We're, we're almost there, Jamie. Calm down. It's, it's okay. I'm calm. I'm calm. Calm. Um, but the big thing I want to start off with here, Jamie, is why did every single kid in middle school spread the rumour that Marilyn Manson read a bunch of his ribs so he could suck his own cock? I don't know why that Why? Where did that come from? Like, why was that a thing? I know. I remember hearing that before, and I don't know. Because I heard it, thing? and I was like, why would you move your ribs so you dick to get your wife to do it? Or get, so, you know, get someone else? He say, it's Manson. He's got plenty of people he could pick from to do it. Like, why would you want to... Why do you want to do that? You Have you tried? Really? Have I tried? I think I tried yeah. when I was a teenager. Didn't I tried when I was a teenager as well. Yeah. Didn't go to plan. No. Your legs just go over your head and you're like, I'm staring at my cock <laughs> from, from above. Right. This is oh, a yeah. very this is a very horrible angle. I feel horrid for every woman ever. My back feels quite nice though. <laughs> <laughs> you try and lift your legs over, you just start rolling backwards. Like, oh, I'm now in another room. Fuck. Hi, <laughs> yeah. ma'am. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? Never mind. Um... Jamie, yes. I'm seven movies in, and I'm starting to suspect that most of these missions are possible. I was quite. I, I thought it was uh, fucking I amazing. That. That I thought it was amazing. Good. This one's for you. Okay. Starfleet putting Picard's therapist in the shotgun seat was such a baller move. When the villains FaceTimed in, they could see this was a man that had to be constantly chilled. <laughs> Never thought of me like that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'm not a Star Trek fan. I have no idea what that means, but I thought you'd appreciate it. Yeah, so. Troy, come on. That's amazing. I like that. That's really clever. <laughs> this is fucking genius. Axel Rose. <laughs> Roy off the start. Watch it bring your tissues. Knees, knees. I want to watch you bleed. Me. You know what? You actually haven't really made me feel welcome in this jungle at all. Fucking I was, when, I, when I read it I read a couple of times, I was like this is so good that this is, is fucking brilliant it is just that is like elite Tom's journal entry right there oh, that one is I just like one that. of my favourite entries I've ever had so it's really fucking made me laugh 
I'll keep going since you're dying. Um, so Rage Against the Machine never actually specified what type of machine they were supposed to be furious with, but I reckon it's probably a printer. Oh, it's definitely a printer or a photocopier. The two most annoying pieces of technology ever. Definitely. <laughs> I like that. I mean, when LimeWire existed, that LimeWire song by Corn featuring Limp Biscuit featuring Lincoln Park featuring Metallica featuring Marilyn Manson featuring Kitty turns out to be a virus. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I know exactly what that is. <laughs> I'm pretty sad I fell for that one. <laughs> Mind you, a little new metal kid. You see that liner? You're yeah, I know. It's like, oh my god, there's obviously a hidden song there. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking. That was so funny. I feel like I just got 12, 13 year old me flashbacks. That was amazing. <laughs> but uh, I had a bit of an issue last night. So my neighbour banged, uh, just banged on the wall at four twenty in the morning. Can you believe that? What a prick! Luckily, I was up still playing music. Um, he banged and shouted, "Can we have a little respect, please?" So I've shouted back, well, I'm not a big Aretha Franklin fan, but okay, this one's for you. <laughs> These are fucking brilliant this week. These are elite, are they? I was, but literally, I was finding like one after the other. Like it was all in one go. I was like, amazing. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh. So Jamie, as you know, I mentioned it earlier. I went to the cinema last night. Yeah. The man sat in front of me had his dog with him. The dog seemed really engrossed in the movie. Uh, when the film ended, I said to the owner, this might sound weird, but your dog seemed to really enjoy that. Yeah, he said, I was surprised too. He fucking hated the book. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> so oh, good. I like that. Um... Items that were banned at the Cardiff Ramstein gig. Oh, God. Is this Obviously, real? Fireworks, yeah. Post by Wales Online. So it's like fireworks and flares, you know, the usual stuff. Yeah. Smoke canisters. <laughs> uh, your, own py- your own pyrotechnics. Yeah. Um, cooking devices. I mean, are you going to want to fry some bacon while you're watching Ramstein? Or because the fires are there for you. You know, it's like, cheers, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the one that got me massively was uh, large golf umbrellas, which I found very odd. But the very last one, right, is animals. <laughs> Just except, animals. Except service service dogs and guide dogs and livestock. Wait, livestock are exempt? And Yeah. So you can Li- bring... Livestock was exempt. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who takes a sheep or a cow to... Oh, yeah. gig, do you know what I mean? But right at the bottom, livestock. Has anybody taken a goat or a sheep to a music festival? I mean, if, if there's any gig you're going to take livestock to, it's Ramstein, because why the fuck not? But what? Yeah, that really blew my mind. I really worry about this Cardiff Stadium and their weird rules. I just like that large golf umbrella. Like any other umbrella is fine. So not large, large, large golf. golf umbrella, yeah. Weird. I'm going to take the one from my... Uh, garden table because that's not for golf parasol (laughs) but jamie westwood we say this we say this every fucking week that people who learn english as a second language are fucking superheroes yes could you imagine looking up the word yacht and not giving up (laughs) (laughs) 
the fuck is that? <laughs> but also on the English language train, I'm going to keep going. There's the ending I've got for this episode, for this for this journal is second to none. Um, min, uh, I, so this this top one I can't think of the, the word for, but minute a minute should be spelt the same. Minute and minute. Is it minute? Not minute. Is it an art related minute, art word? Minute. Minute. Minute and minute should be spelled the same. I'm not content with this content. I object to that object. I need to read what I read again. Excuse me, but there's no excuse for this. Someone should wind this post up and throw it in the wind. Wow, the English language is weird. It is, isn't it? That is very... Yeah, the English language was weird. It's like when you say, oh, I'm going to Reading. You're going to Reading? No, I'm going to Reading. Yes, Reading. No, Reading! Three more. Okay. Oh, my God, guys. This is a true post. This actually happened, and this makes me so happy with our generations that are coming up. Oh, my God, guys. I was at Disneyland, and I saw this lady go up to this little girl dressed as Thor and say... That's not ladylike. And the little girl <laughs> jumps to a fighting stance, points a hammer at the lady and says, suck my ass <laughs> with the most serious look. I can't. The future is bright. <laughs> I want that to be true so bad. <laughs> Oh. Last week we were insulting children for swearing. This week we're like, go on, little girl. Yeah, it was great. Just <laughs> yeah, but fuck the elderly. Like, that's not ladylike. What's ladylike anymore? Fuck off. Um Thor is a girl now. Fuck off. Two left. Two left. Okay. No more child actors, please. Children do not deserve to be exposed to Hollywood. From now on, all children will be portrayed by adults walking on their knees. <laughs> Mother, Sarah, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock bedtime, sweetie. Hugh Jackman, a blonde with pigtails. But, Mum! <laughs> <laughs> if any actor could pull that off, it's Hugh Jackman. It's Hugh Jackman. It's, 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 it's a it's blonde, pigtaily, little pink-dressed Jackman. Easily yeah. see Hugh Jackman playing a blonde little blonde girl. Oh yes, oh yes, Jamie. Yes, sir. And finally, this is a Tom entry, and I'm really proud. <laughs> so proud of this. Um, taken from a Mary J. Blige song. I was like to call it Mary J. Bilge. It's Mary J. Blige, um, yes. Have you ever seen anyone? Bring any hateration or holleration to this dancery at all? What on the what on the what what now? Are they actual what? Ain't no hateration, holleration in this dancery. No, <laughs> no, I know the song you mean. No, you sang it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you've got to dance with me there. No, no, I don't get it. I just thought they're not words. How exactly. Do they get away with this shit. So who brings holleration or hateration to the dancery? What the fuck is a holleration? What's a hateration and what's a dancery? I imagine a dancery is a club. I imagine holleration is <laughs> shouting and hateration is just hate. 
I don't know. Ooh, look at you translating, man. It really made it really made me laugh, and I was like, "Who actually brings horatio hatred to dancers? And who calls them dancers? <laughs> Where did she get these words from? No idea. But I thought it was a great way to end, and I just said, like the fuck out of you." So that I'm was another edition of Tom's Journal. That was glorious. I wasn't confused at all. I was confused by the words, not the trick. Not the I, I, I just think that the Axel Rose Welcome oh, to the Journal the best. was one of the best entries I've ever had in this journal. That fucking, I was crying reading it. So that was amazing. It's so funny. And when I find entries to go in the journal, I'm like, Jamie's going to love this, but I've got to wait two weeks. I've got to wait to use this. Are you actually caught up now? No, there's fucking loads more. <laughs> It's loads, Jay. I love it. I love it. Um, but I suppose we should move on, shouldn't we? Bring in the piece. Oh, yes, we should. Let's bring in that piece. Get in that piece of resistance. Welcome to the Chronicles of Mark Wilkinson. Mark is a uh, like an album designer. He has designed album covers for uh, Marillion and for Iron Maiden, most recent ones, uh, Book of Souls and Sijetsu and uh, Judas Priest. Uh, he's had a dab hand at Red Dwarf. Yes. Making much less Red Dwarf. I remember your face when I said it, and you went, really? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that in my research when you said it. I was like, well, how the fuck did I miss that? <laughs> That's what I love about how we interview, is we seem to find, because you say things, I go, really? Like, <laughs> and you do it sometimes as well. I'm like, this is great, because we obviously don't look in the same places. It's fantastic. This is amazing. Like Mark's career is just stunning. And one of my favourite origin stories of a career ever as well, I'm going to throw in there. But yeah, this is a man. The man's work is absolutely incredible. Like as, I, as I said in the trailer earlier this week, I'm not a fan of Marillion. Like they don't do it for me at all. But Misplaced Childhood, that album cover, is easily one of my favourite album covers of all time. It's just a beautiful piece of art. I'm definitely going to check it out. I have not seen it. Uh, we are lucky enough to be attending the Bloodstock Festival this year, and Mark is going to be there himself. I'm uh, so looking forward so to it. Get on down to the gallery, go and check out Mark's work, go and say hello to this absolute legend. This interview was such a pleasure, learning about how we got on his feet, how we got started, and how he became the master of the airbrush. Yeah. This is, yeah, as we both just said, this is phenomenal. You guys are going to enjoy this one. Absolutely. Jamie! Yes, sir! Any final words? Just a massive thank you to Marcus. This is absolutely amazing. Really appreciate you doing this. And for your very kind words afterwards as well. Very, very, very nice. Absolutely. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time out and sit to chat to us. We're glad, you, we're glad that you enjoyed it and found it so easy. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you, my friend. And we look forward to seeing you at Bloodstock. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen... Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's Mark Wilkinson. Ah! <laughs> there you go. What can you do? Eh? What well, exactly. You do? Exactly, my friend. How was your day? Good. Went to see um, Elvis this afternoon. Oh, nice. How was that? Brilliant. You seen it? No, the other half has, and she was like, do you want to come? I was like, mm, I don't know, Baz Luhrmann, though. I'm, it's, I'm really yeah. like, yeah. I, it's, I really want to see it. It's uh, a lot less frenetic than some of his others. I thought it was really good, really well done. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to venture. Yeah. 
I'll do your recommendation there, Mark. I'll have to go, I have to go and have a check it well, out. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the guy who's playing Elvis, I've only ever seen him in one other thing where he plays like a teenager who worships Satan. So it's really weird. Ch- Change oh, really? characters. So he probably did a deal with the devil, didn't he? I mean, that's the must have to get that role, yeah. Trope, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, he was really good. Didn't look a lot like Elvis, but he's he really sounded like him. So uh... that's obviously what they were going for, wasn't it? Because I think either way, people would have complained no matter what. People would complain, no was yeah. yeah. It's just a ridiculous <laughs> stone age. It's like, well, you can't have the real Elvis, can you, eh? So that's <laughs> just let's all grow up here a little bit, guys, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, Will Smith, the genie in Aladdin. Well, yeah, because Robin Williams, unfortunately, sadly, is not with us anymore. It's got to be somebody else, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I kind of, I'll get off my soapbox now, Mark. So, right. No, 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 you're fine. <laughs> but basically, uh, Jamie will bring you into, a, like, a lure you in almost, Mark, with a, a false sense of security. Yeah. Uh, with a beautiful little yeah. introduction he's about to do. Yeah. And then we're going to absolutely hammer the living hell out of you with questions. How does that sound? So is it good cop, bad cop? I mean, should I be very wary of you then? <laughs> so I, I would, you know, get me, get me. So then, Mark. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's do my introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you another fantastic guest for you to enjoy. Today's guest is a wonderful artist who has so many talents and using those has created many album covers, including a couple of my personal favourites of all time and more for musical artists all around the globe. Which artists, you ask? How about Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Marillion, and many, many more. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the Chronicles of Mark Wilkinson. Welcome, sir. An absolute pleasure. uh, Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah, yeah, that's a pleasure. But I suppose... uh, I think... I think the pleasure's mine anyway. I think the pleasure's mine. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Halfway through. Nope, I'm taking that pleasure back, actually. I've had enough of your shit, guys. I'm taking that pleasure right back. It's going right back in this pocket right here, actually. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but I suppose, Mark, we should really get to the real hard-hitting stuff straight away. How have the last few years been for you with the pandemic? I was really busy over the pandemic. It's been this last year that I've tended to uh, take my foot off the pedal a little bit. Okay. So, uh, that the yeah the irony is not lost on me there. <laughs> Even though I I do tell people that I'm semi-retired, you know, it doesn't seem to work too well. So I am I am still you know I've st- still got a lot of things to do. Um, so. That's crazy. So what almost like because everyone's locked away, they're like, okay, we can actually catch up on this stuff. Get 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 Wilkinson. Get Wilkinson. He could do that for us. And everybody had the same idea. <laughs> well, it coincided with um, uh, three big jobs that, that came in during that period. I mean, there was Fish's final studio album, which was a 100-page book, and then there was Guy Maiden album Senjutsu and then there was the 44 or 45 CD box set for Judas Priest you know the 50 heavy metal years and uh, wow 130 page book to put together for that and it, it all came at once so <laughs> so I, I was I, I kind of welcomed the uh, the, the quietness of, um, uh, of, of lockdown and you know we live in a in a, in a small village and uh, just outside my window, there's plenty of fields and, and, and places to walk. So, um, yeah, it was it kind of was a good time for me to be locked down, Un- unlike so many others. And I, I I didn't have to go anywhere, you know. I just uh, 
having a lot of phone calls, a lot of things like this with people. So, yeah. It's crazy. It's become the norm now. Yeah. Like Zoom. No one ever knew what Zoom was until 2020. I know. I know. It's <laughs> crazy. You're right. And you, you meet a lot of strangers and, as I say, like you. And uh, But it's it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it, it, but it is a, a different way of working. That's for sure. I mean, I, I used to be travelling up to London a lot, but... Um, Barely, barely at all now for for work. It's it's really weird. Do you prefer it that way though? No, not really. I do. I do like to meet people face to face, and uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, nice, it's nice to hear though, because you know the whole world was doom and gloom over the pandemic. So one thing I love about this show is we ask that question to everyone, and everyone, I'd probably say ninety percent of the people we spoke to are going, you know what, it was great. I got loads done. <laughs> Well, wow. I got to rest and do nothing, and it was yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, even musicians, because I mean, they they've had a terrible time, haven't they? Terrible. Yeah, I even think then, some... a lot of them are like, "Oh, we didn't have to tour. It was great. We just got to relax." <laughs> now <laughs> they can't tour, so I mean, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking nightmare, isn't it? For all it's, them, I'm oh. really still for them. So uh, yeah, yeah, same. Especially there's, there's no money pumped to the industry either. Yeah, so, like yeah, it was yeah. just like. On your own, you can't go anywhere, you can't play anywhere. We'll shut all your venues down, and we're not giving any money. So, yeah. good luck with that one. Maybe work on the new albums, that's what a few people have been doing. I mean, I think a lot of people built home studios as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, which is so which is great. Um, so yeah, yeah, good. But are you two musicians at all? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'd like to be when I was like, when I was younger. I wanted to learn to play guitar, but yeah, no, just no. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Wilkinson, a question I like to ask all of our guests: Take us back to the days of young Master Wilkinson. What did you want to be when you grew up? Was it always art for you? <laughs> well, yeah, no, not really. Um, I always, I always feel that I, I'm cheating people with this answer, but it's the truth. I mean, I start. I didn't start drawing till I was. About 17 or 18, I was in a job that I didn't particularly enjoy, and I just I just started to doodle. That was that was it. I I'd shown no sort of uh, I certainly wasn't a child prodigy or anything like that, um, or or had a burning ambition. It was uh, sort of staring out of the window and thinking, Christ, is this it? You know, as so <laughs> so many 18 year olds probably do. And I, I was in a, an open planned office in Slough. It, it was. Ricky Gervais's office, really. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my boss was Ricky Gervais, like, and uh, I, I just started doing caricatures, and I didn't even know I, I didn't even know that I could do it. And um, I mean, it sounds absolutely bonkers now, but uh, I used to. I was in a drawing office, and I used these repeatograph pens, which were um, had a very fine needle, and they were always getting blocked, so you had to take them to bits. And you, you, everyone had these ink rags, you know, where ink blots everywhere. Mm. And because uh, you, you, you took the took the thing apart, and there was this very really fine needle, and you, you cleaned it with the ink rag. And you put, you had to be very careful not to bend the needle as you put it back in. I can see you glazing over a bit there, Tom. But honestly, this this was <laughs> big stuff for us <laughs> in the in the drawing office, and. Uh, you know, some of these ink blots kind of suggested faces. You know, it's a bit like seeing a stain on the ceiling or whatever. 
and uh, you you see a face or you make out some scene or you you know looking at the a cloud in the sky and you can make out something so I, I tended to do sort of um, drawings of people once I cleaned the repeatograph pen just to make sure it worked yeah the ink rag and then you would draw over the the ink blots that are already there and um I I just I I could capture a likeness and it, I never knew that I could do it. I'd never tried to do it before, and uh, so that is really how it started. Uh, it, as stupid as that, I really wish I had a better story to tell you, but it, it was that. I think it's great. It's kind of one of the most unique stories for an artist to start ever. That's yeah, amazing. I know. I know. Well, yeah, it just sounds like I'm. Uh, yeah, I should have had this burning desire to uh, to be an artist like no I never did it was it was a form of escape for me because I just started doing these caricatures and they got better and better I thought and I was getting better and better likenesses and uh, somebody just looked over my shoulder one day and said oh okay that's blah 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 and, you know that's uh, you could you design a poster for the next I don't know dance that we got coming up at the end of november or something and uh you know could you do something for us with the guy that runs the table tennis club you know be, um, and do a funny drawing for of him uh, i thought oh god i don't know could i so <laughs> i took my ink rags home you know and did them in the evenings because obviously i couldn't be doing that at work and um and these posters started to be shown at work and uh and then one day, this guy came up to me I'd never met before from another department. It's a big, big uh, company that I work for. And um, he said, are you the guy that designs all these posters and does his caricatures? And I said, yeah. And he said, what the hell are you doing here? You should be doing something with this. You know? and, oh, God, should I? You know, there's something about the wisdom of strangers, you know, or the kindness of strangers or whatever. I just never, ever considered it at all. And uh, so I applied to go to art school, and uh, that's how it started. And never looked back. Awesome. So you went. There was no real any influence then. It was just because you were sat in an office, like, well, I'm bored. I'm just yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It really was that. I mean, I, I didn't want to be a caricaturist because, actually, this guy said to me, "Why don't you go and uh, take do some caricatures of footballers and go to the Sun, you know, and, and, oh. and uh, see if you can." Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really want to. I don't really want to be doing that. Um, I mean, I was a huge music fan, and you know, when you say, "Had you ever considered doing anything like that?" Well, I guess yeah. My dreams. You know, I used to stare at record sleeves and and think, uh, "How the hell? How the hell does he do that?" And you know, look at all the the detail in the in the gatefold album sleeves, and 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 I was just entranced by it all but I never thought in a million years that I would get a get a stab at it so it was really a case of one one step two steps three steps you know what do they say you know it, every journey starts with a single step and with me it was boredom it just sounds <laughs> So, so how did you go from drawing characters in posters for like table tennis tournaments or it was to end up working with like the incredible bands that you've worked with over the years like how did that first start yeah well that was an accident too it was uh yeah <laughs> i just seem to have fallen into all of these things it's not all down to luck is is it i mean you you have to make your own luck to a degree 
Um, I mean, I, I did go... Well, what happened was, I am being a bit facetious. I mean, there was an intermediate step. I did have a, a friend of mine who was a screen printer, and he had a screen printing set up in uh, uh, an old caravan that his parents had at the end of the garden that they didn't use anymore. So he set up a screen printing studio and uh, built his own screen printing bed, a vacuum bed, you know, linked up to an old Hoover, you know, to keep the paper down. I mean, it was real Heath Robinson stuff. And... Um, he used to do these amazing, well, I thought they were amazing posters for like Slough College and Reading University and Brunel University for big bands, you know, everybody from David Bowie, Pink Floyd, The Who, um, and he could do whatever he wanted, you know. So he came up with these really crazy designs that were all hand-cut stencils. And um, that coincided just before with me becoming interested in airbrush art because I'd, I'd bought the, the Beatles illustrated lyrics and seen the work of Alan Aldridge. And uh, I'd never seen artwork like it. You know, it, it just seemed incredible to me that, that you could get these effects with this weird thing called an airbrush. I went out and bought one from uh, a shop in Reading and, uh, and learned how to use it. But um, Part of the key of using an airbrush is how well you could cut the stencils and how accurate you were with the stencils. So I was talking about this with my friend Bob, who was doing these uh, these posters, and he said, uh, well, you need to get a screen printing knife. I, I, I get them from a place in Wimbledon. Come over to the caravan next week. I'm doing some posters. I'll teach you how to use them. So, so I then learned how to use a, a proper knife and he gave me a couple spare that he had because you could sharpen them on a, on a stone. And um, so I, I, I helped him design a few posters and uh, he helped me learn how to use the knife. And I, so I did some airbrush paintings um, and uh, took these to Watford College of Art purely, purely because they were advertising one of the music papers melody maker or something like that. Um, they were obviously short of bums on seats. I mean, this wasn't the Royal College of Art or anything. I mean, this was a tiny provincial college. And um, I took my stuff there. <laughs> I was amazed. They, they said, yeah, we'll take you on. So nice. It's... So they, they, it was, wasn't quite as simple as I, I described it earlier. But, <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, when I think about it now, it, as a career path, I wouldn't advise it. It's uh, <laughs> it, 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 a lot of accidents. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you were at the college then, so you said you found airbrushing, whatever. Did you try other styles first before you got there or was airbrushing the, with the, or you did it all the whole way through? No, I didn't. I mean, they, they got a compressor and, and the airbrushes there were really badly used. I mean, people ah. tried to spray ridiculous things through them and they were all clogged up. So I took my own there. And um, I did use the airbrush for a few things, but I mean the college was, uh, you know, they tried to they tried to get you out of any habits that you might have had when you you started the course. I can remember the first week we were encouraged to go to the nearest park and em empty the contents of the the nearest waste paper bin and make a collage out of it. And I thought, how the hell am I going to get anywhere <laughs> with that? Uh, but that, I mean, I could see what they were trying to do. They were trying to break you break you down and, and to try and get you to see things in different ways. And 
it was a good lesson, a good lesson, actually. But I didn't use the airbrush for that. <laughs> so obviously you did those posters with the art. So what was the first band you worked with album cover wise? Oh, well, you won't believe that. When I left art school, um, I joined a, um, a studio in Covent Garden. I mean, the rents, it was just after the... Uh, the fruit market had left and rents were really cheap. I mean, £12 a week. Uh, yeah, in Covent Garden, right in the centre of Covent Garden. No way. Covent Garden, you cannot imagine how different it was in those days. This was Maiden Lane in, in Covent Garden. So it's very close to the centre. I think that we've got one wine bar, Brahms and List, where everyone used to go to. Um, there was a magazine um, in the floor above us. It was called, uh, I think it was called Ritz Magazine. It was David Bailey and um, Litchfield's sort of fashion thing that they, they were doing. So we saw lots of fashion models going up the stairs and, you know, there was me and three other artists, you know. <laughs> oh, God, you know, where have we gone wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do, trying to hit deadlines and all the rest of it. There seemed to be a lot more life going on up, up in the room above. But so I mean, I I uh, I, I joined that because there was a, a part-time lecturer at my college called Graham Rogers, and he he was quite a big name in the sixties for um, he, he he used to use um, Dr. Martin's inks, uh, very very sort of um, psychedelic style that he had I, I loved it he worked with the Beatles on um magical mystery tour and he'd yeah. done a lot of work for the you know big magazines and, and what have you so he said I'll introduce you to a few few people and try and get you started and uh so it you know it was tough for about three years uh one by one um the three or four people that were in the studio they all dropped out there was just me and Graham left and then Graham left, but he still paid the rent. He oh. went. He went off to America for a year, and he said, "Will you look after the place?" And uh, so I was there on my on my tod and trying to get work on my own. And it was, uh, I mean, it was a long way away from record sleeve. It was. I was doing black and white drawings for magazines like Accountancy Age and Computer Weekly and Computer Monthly and. Practical computing and just about <laughs> it, uh, there were so many computing magazines around, and uh, they all wanted artwork because it was such a it was such a dull thing, you know, for the type <laughs> just to lay these things out. They needed something a little bit more exciting to put in there. Caravan Weekly, Yachting Monthly. <laughs> oh, I've worked for them all. Management Today. Um, oh God. What car magazine? <laughs> <laughs> So that's really how I cut my teeth, and I was getting, you know, thirty quid a pop for those drawings, and uh, but at least it, it enabled me to come off the dole. And uh, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. No, of course it wasn't. And um, so I mean, my lucky break came through a uh, design group called Shoot That Tiger, and uh, they. It was just at the time when the VHS phenomenon came in you know I mean there was an explosion of uh, you know there, there was so many artists doing VHS sleeves and so I, I was doing a lot of those for them I did some of the the early um, uh, James Bond films you know I did some I did Dr. No and Russia with Love 
Oh, wow. Um, uh, the early ones, uh, when they first came out on VHS, Star Wars, I did the first Star Wars one. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was all fine, but it it wasn't really floating my boat, you could say. Anyway, so I, I was talking with the guy who ran it, Dave Richardson, and I said to him, you know what I'd really love to get into is record sleeves. And he said, yes, you and everybody else. Um, <laughs> and they are hard to come by, uh, but I see what I can do. And he got me too. He got, um, the first one I ever did was for a James Brown Greatest Hits. Uh, and uh, and then after that, there was a compilation, heavy metal album, uh, heavy metal compilation album called Hot Shower. <laughs> and the idea they had for this was RCA was uh, a shower, and the and the nozzles were flamethrowers, right? And uh, <laughs> there was a guy in an asbestos suit playing the guitar, and that that was the cover. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, go figure. I, you know, <laughs> So uh, you had to make sense of that. And, uh, of course, I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread, you know, my first record sleeve. I thought, well, this is it. This is it. The first part of the journey, you know. No. No. (laughs) I didn't get anywhere with that, really. But uh, (laughs) to answer your question fully, and I'm probably rambling a bit, you'll have to stop me because I do ramble. No, rambling's good. We love it. We love ramblers. Was... um, well, it was Marillion, and and that was uh, somebody overheard a conversation. It wasn't me. Overheard a conversation in Brahms and List in Covent Garden, where I got the studio. And um, he came back that night, and he said, um, "There's this design group called Torchlight, and uh, the art director there, Joe Morowski, was chatting with the Pallavis in the bar, saying that he was on the lookout for a new artist. And did did his friend know anyone?" Um, he wanted to find somebody new, somebody that, that was relatively unknown, um, that, he, that they could work with because this was a new signing, EMI. I didn't know who it was or anything. So this uh, housemate of mine actually um, came back that night and said, "Getting, I've, I've written it down, Torchlight, his name's Joe Morosky. So I gave him a call and, you know, it was just luck. And that one phone call... 40 years ago, you know, it's kept me going. It's uh, unbelievable. One thing led to another. So I went to see Joe and he took my portfolio with a couple of others um, to show the band. And uh, anyway, I got, I got, I was on probation, you could say. They gave me the, the first two singles, which was Market Square Heroes and He Knows You Know. And they said, if we like what you do, then we'll, we'll use you for the, the album, maybe the next album or whatever. So I knew I had to make a, a pretty bold statement with those first two singles. And um, that is where it started properly. That's amazing. It's safe to say they were happy with those two single covers then. Yeah, they were really happy. Because <laughs> I was going to say, you worked with them for pretty much their entire career up until Fish left, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, right. that's incredible. So anyone that knows your work, it has like a certain feel and a style to it. But how would you describe the Mark Wilkinson style, I suppose you could call it? I don't know, really. Um, probably quite colourful, and certainly in the early days, uh, using the airbrush. 
my wife used to say to me, try mixing the inks. You just use the ink straight out of the bottle. So they tended to be <laughs> primary colours. She was very critical of primary. And uh, so I, I, I said, well, yeah, but I can mix it up by overlaying colours, you know, with it because the, the ink comes out from an airbrush very, very thin. So if you wanted a, I don't know, a, a certain shade of red, you would spray the bright red and then maybe a blue or something to sort of dull it down and then a yellow and then mix it up and which was a bit long winded actually. Um, so uh, she probably had a point. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like you just had an epiphany. It was like a light bulb went off in your head then and like, fuck, she was right. I should have just yeah. done that the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did learn to do that later on. But so those first ones, if you look at them, I mean, they're, they're, the inks are straight out of the bottle. <laughs> but anyway, they, they, they worked and it was it was really surreal, you know, to see. I've been used to seeing my work printed largest magazine cover size. Um, and, and then suddenly there were these huge posters that went up all around London. And, um, you know, Marillion were pretty... They were never a very fashionable band, you'd have to say, but I mean, they were certainly a happening band and they were spearheading this new, new prog movement, which I was totally unaware of. Um, and they, they, they certainly rose to the top of that particular class of, of, of um, or that movement in, in, in prog music. So I was very lucky because their album went straight to number seven, you know, the, the singles went top 20 first, first time. They had a huge army of fans, still do, um, and, um, you know, poured over every detail. And so, you know, suddenly I was, I was getting loads of inquiries. You know, the, the phone had been totally silent for four years. I was doing all the chasing, and then suddenly I was... I was I was getting a lot of a lot of inquiries, so it was lucky. Yeah. Sorry, Computer Weekly, you have to wait. Is that all right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that did actually happen on a few occasions. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys, I've moved on. Yeah, yeah, I don't need computers anymore. I'm, uh, I appreciate the step up, though. <laughs> your, your yacht is not quite rock and roll enough. <laughs> It must have been really no, cool. What I wanted to do, I mean, that's for sure. I mean, uh, but never thought I'd have, have the opportunity. I did. I did go to a few design groups, and in those days, in the early, early uh, late seventies, early eighties, I mean, most of the big record companies had their own design studios, so you could make appointments to go and see them. And if you were lucky, you would get to see them. If you were unlucky, you would leave your portfolio there at the beginning of the day and pick it up at the end of the day and hope that they'd seen your work. More often than not, they they hadn't bothered, you know. Um, so it, it was it was tough, um, but um, you you just have to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And uh, if I had one piece of advice for anyone wanting to get into just about any field, really, is never give up. You just and you have to hope that you do get a bit of luck, which is what happened to me. It must be really cool to see your artwork though out in like the stores on singles and whatnot, like all over, all and posters all over the place. Something yeah, it was like cool. That. And yeah, um, that's mine. That's yeah, mine. That is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you were suddenly being asked, you know, that they wanted to do window displays and cutouts and, you know, three D. Um, when I say three D, the big cardboard three D things, you know. To mm. Oh yeah. 
and there was big window displays for various things. And um, so with um, first, uh, then Marillion quickly became um, uh, very recognized. You know, that jester image was very recognized. And uh, so the merchandise company that did all the tour you know, the, the, the merchandise, the T-shirts and the tour programs and everything uh, called Bravado, still going. Um, they contacted me and, uh, and said, um, would, would I be interested in doing uh, the Monsters of Rock, you know, which would, had just started, I can't remember the year, it was the year Bon Jovi, uh, it was 1990, was it? I can't remember. 90 or 91. 90 or 91, yeah. So I didn't do the very first one, but I think I did the second. And then I did them every year. And um, from that, I I was suddenly, that was a completely different market, you know. And from there, Judas Priest management, they were look, on the lookout for an artist and they just happened to see one of the posters and they Bravado were their merchandise company as well. And, and so they contacted them and said, you know, who, who did the poster for that? <clears throat> I asked this guy, what's he like? Yeah, he's all right. So, um, you know, they got in touch and then, uh, and that's how I got Iron Maiden as well. And so, yeah, it's, it's as, it's as daft as that, really. I, 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 wish, I, I wish I could tell you that I had a plan. <laughs> I love that you didn't, though, because it just shows, you know, how good your work is word of mouth. They go, yeah, this guy's great. Get him. Yeah. You know, it shows how good your work is, you know. Those early Monsters of Rock posters are, are bloody iconic, you know. It's nuts to think, you know, that you designed them. And I'm talking to the person who designed them. That's mental to me because, you know, I remember looking at my mom's programs when I was younger from going to those shows and seeing those iconic posters and seeing those bands and, like, wanting to be in there. Like, why aren't I older so I could have gone? You know? Yeah, yeah. But tell what where does the process start when designing artwork, whether it be for album sleeves or anything? Do the band give you like a brief of what they want or do they just say new albums called Painkiller, go? Well, it really does vary. I mean, uh, um, I mean once you establish a relationship with a, with a band or, or, you know, or a management, they do start to trust you. But to begin with, um, it was very prescribed uh, with a list of, um, I mean, certainly the, the the first Marillion album, there was a list as long as your arm from Fish, you know, what he wanted on, on the album sleeve, loads of detail. And um, I can remember the, the meeting with them at Torchlight, Joe Morosky presiding, he designed the, their logo. And so then it came down to talking about the, um, the album. They wanted a gatefold. This all amazed me. Two things amazed me about Marillion. First of all, that prog rock had started up again, because when I was at art school, I, I graduated in 77 and it was the height of punk. I mean, everybody was into punk and new, well, new waves that came after. But um, and prog was such a dirty word. You know, I mean, they really kicked it into touch, I thought, you know. Um, and uh, so this, this is why I, I, I was just not aware of this new movement you know for, for for prog rock i mean there were bands like um pendragon and palace and oh various others um but it was marillion that, that seemed to to rise to the top um and uh, so that was the first thing and the second thing was gatefolds 
I mean, gatefolds, nobody was doing gatefolds anymore. I mean, it was all, it was, you know, with the punk thing, it was all single sleeves. It was, it was Jamie Reed cut-ups and it was very simple, simple, very designed. And I love some of it, you know, I, I really did. But I really didn't think I'd get the opportunity to have a wide canvas to work on, as it were, you know, with the, with the gatefold sleeves and uh, with, with a band, and in Fish in particular, that, that really loved all of the symbolisms that he'd grown up with, loving with Yes and, you know, Genesis. And so you'd come home from the bus with clutching your gatefold out and you'd op open it up on the bus and you'd look and you'd, you'd pour over all of the detail. And, you know, it's, it's like um, XTC did with the Dukes of Stratosphere thing, you know, manufactured by Garrod and Lofthouse. Now, what does that really mean? You know, Garrod and Lofthouse, you know, what does that really mean? So, I mean, you were looking for lots of clues all around. And so this is what Fish wanted the, their fans to do as well. He, he wanted a lot of detail, which took took time, you know, to, to achieve. Uh, but we, we did get there in the end. So someone like Fish, in, certainly in the early days, it was uh, a list of things. You know, I want this jester. I want him in, in a really dingy bedsit room um, composing a song. I said, oh, okay, so what would he be doing? Have a guitar? No, not a guitar. That's too obvious. Let, let's give him a, a different instrument. So, okay, I wrote that down. He left it up to me what to use. Um, and, um, you know, there could be a TV on in the background and a... And a, and a mattress on the floor, you know, because he can't afford a bed and, you know, there'll be lots of fag ash around. So, I mean, although it was this prog rock band, it, it was not prog, typical prog imagery. You know, it wasn't mm. castles in the air. It wasn't very fantasy-like. It, it was a lot more visceral and a lot more, um, you know, we were going through tough times, really, uh, at that time. You know, the, it was just before the yuppie explosion and people were pretty hard up i think we'd just come through the three-day week and the power workers were turning off the lights and you know so that i might have to finish a job with candlelight and stuff like that so you know it, it wasn't a glamorous prog rocky time so this band were writing songs about very uh very down down at heel, homegrown street stuff. It, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Lord of the Rings, in other words, despite their name uh, being <laughs> brilliant. I mean, I think all of the journalists thought, "Oh God, you know, this is going to be." I think they thought because they'd taken their name from the Silmarillion that they must obviously follow with their lyrics being very airy fairy and, uh, and what have you. So the artwork was was pretty intriguing for me, you know, to try and get that balance right for what they wanted. Uh, a lot of detail, a lot of color, um, really make an explosion with, with, this, with this gatefold sleeve. And uh, so it, it was a really, really interesting project for me to, to, to have fall in my lap, it appeared. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I I love that some artists are just like, yeah, do what you want, and then others are like, no, I need this, 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 yeah. this, this. It's it's great. I love that because you know, at the end of the day, that the album artwork it, it represents that album. You know, you yeah. think of Appetite for Destruction, for example. First thing you think of is that cross. 
Yeah. You know, you don't think of any of the songs. First thing that comes to your head is that cross. Yeah. You know, and it's just so important you get it right. And yeah, you, you're absolutely yeah. smashing it. <laughs> but talking about the iconic looks, I was looking at your incredible art you've done with Iron Maiden over the past few years, especially like Book and Souls and Senjutsu and whatnot. Now, all their art has the iconic edit. And um, was there any pressures in like designing a new face of like possibly the most iconic character in heavy metal? Or did they turn around and go, we want a samurai? <laughs> um, well, I mean, the the one before was probably the, the bigger um, weight on my shoulders, you know, to with, with Book of Souls, because that, that was the Mayan, Mayan character of Eddie and and yes I mean of course I'm I'm aware of the legacy <laughs> the legacy of the beast but the legacy of Derek Riggs um hangs very heavy on the artists that have come after you know um and um so I mean after Derek uh you know there there, there were there were a couple of people and and then again because of the the monsters of rock thing that I did they appeared one year so I, I did a version of Ed, Ed, Eddie with the wings um, and uh, Rod really liked that and the band liked it so they came to me for the Wicker Man and then and then um, what was it the um, the box set the um, Eddie's archive I designed mm -hmm. all that so when it came to um, Book of Souls again they were looking for some somebody with a, a different vision um, and uh, so that yeah, I, I had the phone call, and uh, uh, for all I knew, that there were a few other people having a go as well. And I just had to do some roughs. Um, but yeah, they were looking for something a, a little bit different. Of course, they were. They don't want every album to look the same, and this is always the tough, the tough side of it when you follow such a huge successful it, it would be like somebody following me coming up with a different idea for the gesture i suppose you know although mm. that didn't happen because everything changed but um so uh i had to find some some different way of looking at eddie and i decided to do it with instead of a lot of detail going on behind him i concentrated on a very very detailed face you know you could almost you could almost see every pore of skin. Um, mm. And um, I really wanted the character to be almost stepping out of the record sleeve. It, you know, I wanted it to be like um, um, Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. Something really, really scary. Uh, and perhaps a little bit more realistic. Um, mm which I'd started to do in my work anyway. You know, I'd moved away from the colour out of the bottle. <laughs> I'd, I'd learned how to, uh, to mix colour and, uh, and what have you. So, um, so that, that was a real test, that one. And I think Sinjutsu, when that came along, it was a case of, well, okay, we know what you can do. Uh, we, we, we want another unique way of look, looking at Eddie, but we want to retain that very hyper-realism that, that you can do. Um, but you want a samurai, you know. So I put the I put the teeth in, you know, the the, the snaggle tooth teeth, uh, which comes from Japanese oni mythology, uh, the Japanese shape shifting mon monsters, the onis they're called, and uh, they very often have these teeth which 
are replicated in the kabuki masks, you know. So I thought, well, that would be an interesting way to, so instead of having a normal set of dentures, you know, I'd, I'd have, add these fangs. And you wouldn't believe the amount of flack that I got from some of the fans, you know, how dare he, how dare he, you know, play around with Eddie uh, like that, you know. When is Eddie, you know, you really need to see a dentist, you know, what what the hell is going on? <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> how dare you mess with the look of this fictional character? Well, <laughs> indeed, yeah. So <laughs> I knew I'd have my work cut out from <laughs> The one I think it's on your Instagram where he's holding the shrunken head is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to tip my hat and say that one is sensational. And I think there's the one with the in the Japanese background where it's like all oh, it's like really quite wide, isn't it? For like, the, yeah. Like, yeah. Also, absolutely sensational. Yeah. Well, this I mean that that was Steve Steve Harris's um, idea to to go for something. A lot more sim- simple for the covers and have the real detailed stuff inside. Mm. Um, and again, you know, some of the fans really didn't appreciate that. They, you know, because they've been used to Derek doing highly detailed covers and all of the symbolism and detail being on the fronts. Uh, so mm. to, to, to to usurp that and, and and come up with something, you know, 180 degrees for on it or 360, you know. To have the detail on the inside, so you wouldn't know from seeing the very first incarnation of Sinjutsu or Book of Souls, you wouldn't know that you know there was anything else. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, I I just love the hyper realism. The, the the detail on the suit, the samurai suit on the Senjutsu one, it, it's stunning. The artwork, like the detail, is absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah, I use some three D. Um, well, a, a friend of mine who's um, a 3D artist helped me a bit with that. And uh, uh, so I designed the whole thing. And, um, yeah, we kind of worked together on that. Because I knew we, we needed to get a lot of detail, a hell of a lot of detail there, far more than the, the Mayan Book of Souls, uh, Eddie. So, uh, yeah. So, obviously, as we discussed before we started going on this uh, interview today. Now, in August at the upcoming Bloodstock Festival, there will be a rock and metal museum where they'll be displaying a lot of your work, especially from Time of Iron Maiden. This is so cool. It must be quite a thrill for you to be able to display all of this work and have like fans come and check it all out. Yeah, have you been there? Have you been to Bloodstock before? I haven't been since like 2004. So you've not, seen the art, you've not seen the art tent because it's no. amazing. I mean, when Paul first, because um, I, I, I exhibited there a few times, and when Paul first told me about it, I, you know, I just imagined, you know, a rock festival and it would be a marquee, like. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, understandable, yeah. Yeah, and it would be, you know, everything pretty flimsy. It really isn't. It's state of the art. I mean, you would think you were walking into a. A top London gallery, you know, he's, he's got proper flooring, he's got proper lighting, uh, proper walls to to hang all the art. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. The the attention to detail that Paul is is done, and then he's got all these guitars that are made, you know, by um, Sonoja guitars. I don't know whether you've seen any of those. Uh, they're, they're special guitars done by this Lutheran in in America. Um, so, I mean, if Motorhead were appearing, he'd do a Motorhead guitar. And, but he's done other ones. He's done one on Hendrix. And um, I think I think they've, they've got about 20 different guitars now. Uh, but they usually display, you know, the 
something connected with that festival that year. Um, so, uh, so you've got that, and then you've got Paul's work, which is amazing. Mm. Um, oh, he's a huge hero of mine. Uh, I, I just think his work is is stunning. Um, and uh, and now he's started to get other artists involved. So it really is a mixed exhibition of of heavy rock artists, you know, um, from around the world. And uh, the 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 quality is is out of this world. It really is. Uh, well, I'm talking about my stuff now. I'm talking about everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could you could be you could big yourself up. The quality's out of this yeah, world. Yeah, <laughs> Well, the display will be out of this world anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm really looking forward to. It. I can't wait to see the stuff in there and see all your work and and get to meet you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but so, great. Um, so just moving away from music ever so slightly. You also some comic covers for Judge Dredd. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So did you not fancy comics at all? Was music always the part, you know, or did you not, you know, not fancy a dab hand in some comics as well? Well, you really don't want me to say this, do you? But it was an accident. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it was a guy. Of it was. I mean, I live in a tiny Suffolk village um, and uh, it was about 1,500 people, something like that. And uh, so it's not that tiny. But anyway, this this guy moved to the village and somebody said to me, uh, oh, you, you'll have to meet Alan. He's uh, he's a comic artist. Turned out it was Alan Grant, who's a comic writer. And uh, so we did uh, we did hook up and uh, became friends. And um, he said, you really ought to get into comics, you know, just like. I said, yeah, the thing, thing is, Alan, I'm not very fast. Um, I, I, I'm notorious for being very slow. He said, well, what about doing covers? And I said, well, yeah, okay. So he got me an introduction at Fleetway. And uh, that's where I, I did the, the Judge Dredd magazine uh, covers. That was it, yeah. Or David Bishop, I think, was the editor then. And um, so, yeah, I was get, getting quite a few of those. And... Uh, and then Alan said um, he'd love to write a story that, that I could illustrate the whole thing. Oh. And I said, remember what I said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, no, don't worry, I'm going to make it really easy for you. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to, it's a very short story called The Voyage of the Seeker. And it was, um, it was based on, uh, it was like a standalone story of Judge Anderson. So, you know, with the telepathic powers and everything. And uh, he knew I loved to do sort of psychedelic style art. So uh, this this was the voyage. She she goes off into the universe to find herself, as you do, <laughs> and, uh, a spaceship going to, to into a black hole or whatever. The event horizon, and uh, she meets the beginning of creation, which is this giant Japanese dragon. Back to that again. Um, and uh, he said, "I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to do it." Yeah as splash panels and i said okay do you know what splash panels are no yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. oh you do oh yeah so i mean it's just a whole page really that's all yeah. oh, okay just with speech bubbles but all of the action is is one page so it's just like one il illustration so you haven't got like 14 little individual scenes to do you just got one scene to do so uh he he did that for me and um they decided to uh reproduce it as a poster um, so I did a, a huge painting of, of Anderson with a very Doctor Who psychedelic background. And on the other side were the six splash panels for Voyage of the Seeker. 
And uh, so that's how that happened, really. And um, but I knew that I wasn't going to have the stamina to uh, carry that on. It was yeah. a lot of work, you know, for. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, I love the characters. And I met John Wagner, he's the maker of, um, of Alan's. And, uh, you know, so uh, he bought a few few originals from me as well. So Nice. That's yeah, awesome. And I, I got to meet some real heroes. Uh, Alan, Alan had some fantastic parties. He, he, um, he bought this converted church not far from us. And at the time, he was writing The Demon, the character of The Demon. And I helped him move you know, in the cars. And uh, he got this huge life-size cardboard cutout of the demon. Really ferocious thing it was. <laughs> so moving into this church and you've got all the graves and everything around. And uh, he, <laughs> that night was the worst thunderstorm we'd had in years. And he said, and every time the lightning came, he just kept seeing the demon. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually fell on top of him. <laughs> That's a story he told. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't have brought that cardboard cut out in this house. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to quickly go back to festivals. We talked about earlier on, you said did the Monsters <laughs> of Rock posters and all that sort of stuff. Did I see that you designed the, the download dog, the download mas- festival mascot? I did the very first one, yeah. I can't say I designed it, but I did the first... Um, the first uh, cover, uh, brochure cover, front and back, you know, with the, the dog's bollocks on the back, you've seen there. Yeah. yeah. Front and there, yeah. And the, uh, as they described it, we, we want to see the, you know, the spider or something, you know, it's basically his arsehole, you know. He <laughs> <laughs> wanted to, to see everything. And I said, oh, okay. So well, you get briefs like that, you know. So I had to research that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm yeah, just... so I, I didn't design it, but I, I did the first brochure for it. Yeah. I just I just love the fact that you know you did those original monsters of rock at Donington posters, and then when they rejuvenated for the download festival, they're like, I tell you what, let's bring him back. Yeah. That so must have been pretty cool to bring that back. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So as we start winding down, with such an incredible back catalogue of work. Are there any particular pieces of yours over the work you're like especially proud of? The ones you're like, this is what I do. Well, yeah, I, I uh, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse for Judas Priest. Oh, it's such uh, a good piece. I, I I really enjoyed doing that, and um, I I I really didn't think I was going to enjoy doing it because horses are really difficult, uh, not from anything else. So the riders. <laughs> The riders are okay, but it is the horses, and to try and make that them look dynamic. Um, so I was really proud of, of of that one, and I really worked hard on it. I probably, well, I worked hard on the whole project really, the Nostradamus. But um, that was uh, a way to illustrate three or four songs all in one go. So it's a bit like going back to the splash panels for Judge Dredd. Um, so, I mean, because there was war and death and everything. And of course, they are the riders of the mm. four horsemen and um, plague, pestilence or whatever. And uh, so uh, I really said about that. And I don't think they I don't think they commissioned that. It was just, could you illustrate some other songs? 
And I said, well, what about doing it, you know, with the four horsemen? I hope I've got that right. I hope Rob doesn't shoot me down in flames. He said, that was my idea. It may have been. <laughs> it, it may have been. I can't remember now. But anyway, I did, I did put a lot of effort into that and um, was really, really pleased with that. I, it's one of the few paintings that I've done where I sort of stand back at the end of it and think, I I really didn't think I, I could do that. Um, and, of course, I, I get asked to do that again you know can you do another four horsemen because we'd like to use it no i don't want to ever do it again i don't ever want to repeat myself so uh but that that was one that i i was particularly proud of the heavy rock ones imagine you handed over to the band they're like oh i'm loving all this detail of the characters yeah but look at the horses i nailed the horses i was dreading the horses and i nailed it (laughs) damn right damn right i don't think they noticed them yeah they did i think they realized that i put a lot into it and uh I, I think because I put a lot into that and um, some of the other bits of artwork as well, it, it got expanded, you know, the packaging got expanded from just being a, you know, a gatefold album sleeve for the vinyl, you know, to being a box set um, with a, a book inside and, and, and everything else. Um, it was a it was a really exciting project to work on because it it was, it was an opera really. I mean that's what they they were planning to do. It was a it was a proper sort of opera, uh, and um, so that that was exciting to do something a little bit different in in that sense as well. But you've also been a bit of a dab hand in the TV world as well. I've read that you did something for Red Dwarf. Yeah, Red Dwarf. That um, was that an accident? I can't <laughs> it probably, probably was, but let's be honest. <laughs> uh, that came from Bravado. Um, they 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 were very successful. Bravado, um, considering they started off with two guys from the back of a transit van selling t-shirts at status quo gigs. You know, I mean, to a public limited company, they've done very well, and they they started to do TV and film merchandise. I, I did one for the Flintstones movie and, and I went back to Judge Dredd. So I did Judge Fred. So <laughs> he was. <laughs> That's so he's holding a pterodactyl, but with a cork in his beak, you know. So it's, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, 2000 BC instead of 2080. Um, but, um, so, but they also had the contract to do Red Dwarf, which was massive at the time, mm-hmm. really really big second only probably to doctor who i mean in terms of merchandise so they got me and i did a lot of t-shirt designs for them and um so then the production company based in elstree i think um and doug naylor um got in touch and said would you come for a meeting because we'd like to look into using you for we're going to revamp the whole series. We're going to go back to the very first one, uh, but the production values when they first started were very shaky, you know, flimsy sets and everything. So we're going to improve on all that. And of course the the era of computer generated work had come in. So they'd they'd really uh, improved on that. So uh, they wanted um, the VHS uh, sleeves to really, you know, show, show this, upgrade or upcycle of 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 the uh, the look of red dwarf but they also wanted me to do a few things that were actually used in the show so uh, the first thing i did um and again this was 
like a test piece really from Doug. Um, he said, I, I want you to do a uh, design the seven ages of cat. So <laughs> the, the evolution of cat from a cat, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, uh, you know, being in love with little Richard and, and uh, <laughs> everything. And um, I, so I, I did a cat that, that had got a bow on its tail and noticed the bow and thought, oh, I like this, you know, uh, and started to get into pimping him up, himself up a little bit. And, uh, and uh, so over a, a millennia, you know, Cat evolves into what he ends up with. So I had to do the seven ages of Cat. And Doug really liked that. And uh, he, he bought the original uh, painting of that. And he also used me for The Last Human, which was a book that he, he'd written. Um, but then I had to do some other things for the space. A lot of the, uh, the uh, cutaway scenes you see in the revamped Red Dwarf, um, I think they home in on, on Lister. Oh, what was it? Um, Fushal, is it? This mythical land, Fushal, which he imagines has been a bit like Tahiti, and all of the cats are worshipping him like a deity. Do you know? Do you, I mean, do you do you remember? No, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember now. But so I had to illustrate that, and uh, and there was this huge battle between the blue hats and the red hats of the of the cat evolving, sort of half human, half cat. It was really bizarre. <laughs> really, really bizarre. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed all that. I enjoyed it, and and there was talk about them doing a movie. And uh, so they they were they were saying you know would I like to get involved in that your production design and everything I thought oh this is getting but it never happened oh. yeah that's because I think I remember rumours of a Red Dwarf movie quite a few yeah they, yeah they were strong um, you know, I don't know what happened maybe they couldn't get the funding I I don't know but uh... but looking back on your career are there any artists or properties that you haven't worked with but you would have loved to have worked with to see what you could do with your style well yeah of course i mean pink floyd were my band uh, i mean i joined the fan club at 15 i mean i you know I, I was there right at the beginning with sid barrett and everything and uh i've never before or since come across a band like them i i, I think they are totally unique in the history of rock music uh the sound, but what they were writing about, I mean, it was it was totally unique. And it just really, really got to me in, in such a big way. So I joined the fan club and I loved the artwork of Storm um, Thorks. And I, I, I met him actually. And um, we, Fish and I won an award for the packaging for uh, uh, one of the albums, which one was it? A Feast of Consequences. And um, it was in the name of Storm Thorks, and it was called the Storm Thorks and Design Award. And I, that that was a real thrill for me, you know, having only ever won a trophy once in my life, Billericay Lawn Tennis Junior Champion, 1967. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, <laughs> the only other award I've ever won. So that that was a real thrill. So Pink Floyd, I, I would say, the only the only the only time I got anywhere hundred miles close to it was. Um, they, there was a documentary about Sid Barrett by a filmmaker called John Edgington. And uh, it was um, it was called The Sid Barrett and Pink Floyd Story. And when it finally came out on DVD, um, 
a friend of mine that I was doing a lot of work for at the time had, had a, a, a lot of indie labels. He got he got the work to to do it, and he rang me up and uh, he said, "What's your dream job?" <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, a bit like what you just asked and I said well if I had to say my dream it's something to do with Pink Floyd and he said well this, this is as close as you're probably going to get and uh, so I did a painting of uh, a portrait of Sid um, which uh, was a real I mean I would have paid them to do it you know <laughs> I, I, I just uh, loved it loved doing it and um, I think it's one of my certainly one of my best pieces uh, I, th- I think as well yeah. I've no doubt my mum has that. My mum's such a huge Sid Barrett, early Pink Floyd fan. Like if I hear the name Sid Barrett, I instantly get the song Bike stuck in my head for the rest of the day because I had to hear it so much when I was a child. <laughs> Did you Have you seen um, Nick Mason's Sourceful Secrets band? No. Oh, they're really worth seeing because um, he's obviously the original drummer, so it's not quite a tribute band. But they they do it so closely. The Sid Barrett era. Maybe your mum's been there then. Oh, my mum will probably know it. I'm, yeah. But talking to bands, you know, but personally, on a personal level, anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge Kiss fan, and I would have loved to see what you could have done with them with those characters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, I'm not got close to that. I did something for Alice Cooper once, uh, but uh, that was for another Monsters of Rock. Um, I yeah. think I've seen, yeah, I've seen that. It's, it's amazing, yeah. yeah. So, as as we start wrapping up now, are, there, are you working on anything at the moment that you're allowed to talk about? Not really, no. I, I wish I were allowed to talk about it because it's be right up your street, especially ah. what, what we've just been talking about. But um, it's, I think it's coming out early next year. Uh, so that that's... Uh, and it's been around for a while. I mean, they they started um, doing it. <laughs> of course, I'm, I can't tell you who it is, so this is going to be terrible. <laughs> but uh, they started working on it three years ago, and, and as soon as I heard it, I thought, "Oh wow, this is this is something really special." And I, I think it is going to uh, surprise a lot of people when it comes out. Mm. But I can't say who it is. All right, I know. <laughs> It's fine, Mark. You can tell us at Bloodstock when there's nothing recorded. It's fine. We won't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this podcast, who does it go out to? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that band directly. We don't know who they are. Yet. Don't tell us who it is. We'll make <laughs> but you do have a book called Shadow Play. Yeah. Is that literally just consist of all of your art or is there other bits and pieces in there? Like what exactly is it within that book? Because obviously you've got it for sale, I believe, on your website. Yeah, down to the last 20 or 30 copies now. Uh, just, just the special edition as well. I'll bring a few to Bloodstock. Um, no, it's, it's got everything in there. It's uh, It hasn't got the latest Maidens in there because, I mean, when was it published? I can't remember. 2004, was it? I, I can't remember, but... Uh, yeah, it's got the word that I've, I've done a lot of work for postage stamps and um, it's got the Red Dwarf work in there. All the other bands I've worked for, you know, like The Darkness and uh, uh, Europe um, and um, I can't think offhand who else. Um, and um, the Near Fest Festival, have you heard of that? That's an American prog rock festival. Um, I shared a... a, a 
a sort of a gallery area with uh, Roger Dean. So that was a that was a big thrill to meet him. And um, so we went over there three or four times. I designed all the you know logos. Actually, Roger did the the very first one, but he wanted to retire. So uh, retire from that. He's not retired. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he he asked me if I I would be interested in doing it and. Um, or the organisers did actually. I think it was the organisers, but with his blessing anyway. Mm. So uh, I, I did a few for them. Um, so it's been pretty consistent, as I say. You know, from I haven't had to really look look for work, and I know that probably really sticks in the craw. You know, of a lot of a lot of people um, because it is a struggle. It is a struggle. But as soon as you you have something that is recognisable and you know, the doors do start to open. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I've been lucky. Last question from myself. Like, all these original art pieces you've designed for all these people, what happens to the actual pieces of art? Do you have them or do they get given to the record labels or whatever? Or Well, well no, you don't give them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they take them, some of them. <laughs> um. I wasn't quite cute enough to realise that at the beginning. Uh, I did manage to get uh, some of them back. Um, Judas Priest and I Maiden own all of their work. I mean, that's in the contract. So you build that into the contract, you know, the fact that you are not just selling the rights, you are selling an original piece of work or, or whatever, but you're also selling the rights in perpetuity. I mean, it's... Uh, it's a very different on a very different level with them to uh, and that's fine you know that's fine you accept that you take the job on you know with that knowledge um, I I had I had some of the Marillion ones I've still got one or two pieces but uh, Fish Fish had uh, most of them but unfortunately for him a lot of them have faded quite badly because I Remember me telling you about the ink that I used straight from the bottle? Yeah. Well, they were very, very thin water-based inks, uh, not acrylic, and they faded quite badly. It was only um, when I started working on uh, his solo albums that I started to use acrylic ink, which doesn't fade. Um, so they've lasted. But the early Marillion ones have really uh, not, not suffered, uh, have really suffered, you know. But the the ones of Judas Priest, you know, Painkiller, Ram It Down, etc. I mean, they're, they're, they've lasted well. Um, I think um, I think Glenn has those. Um, um, management had them for a while, but now I do most of my work digitally anyway. I mean, I don't. Uh, I do I do the occasional painting, um, but it does take me a long time. I and mean, that that was one of the blessings of computer art. It's I, I tended to do the same intricate work. With the same amount of detail, but because you're using a computer, it's it's a lot quicker. Mm. Uh, you know, still doing the drawings or whatever, and scanning them in, and then colouring them up when you're using the computer. So you've gone from drawing pictures of computers to using computers to draw your pictures. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that was a baptism of fire. For me. <laughs> Mr. Stevens, do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest? Uh, <laughs> yes. So, Mark, when you first started doing the caricatures in your office, staring out the window, bored out of your mind. Did you ever think that life would be where it is today, that you're doing artwork for massive, huge metal bands, The Darkness, Robbie Williams, et cetera, et cetera? No, of course not. I mean, of course not. It's a, It was a pipe dream. It really was a pipe dream. And um, 
I mean, it wasn't a bad job either. I mean, I was in a drawing office. It, it, it is what I wanted to do after leaving school. Um, but I was working for a company that designed heating and ventilation systems. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like you're designing the fourth road bridge or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was pretty dry. And uh, so, uh, you know, can you can you sort of go back to when you were 17 or 18 and you, you whatever jobs you, you were doing? I mean, how many of us can say at that age that you're doing exactly what you want to do? Oh, yeah. it's, it's tough. It's, it really is tough. So and at that time, there was so much going on, you know, at the weekends, there were so many bands to see and, uh, you know, experiences to have. And you, you, you had to come back to work on a Monday morning. You come down with a thud, you know, and um, designing heating system for <laughs> some school in Belfast or, or whatever. Um, and, um, yeah, I just I just looked out the window and started to daydream, you know, and uh, is this it? You know, is this all, you know, what's that song? Is that all there is? You know, <laughs> I could see my life mapped out because this company was such a big company and had a great social club and everybody was marrying everybody in the, in the, in the office and t- pairing up and, you know, all living on the same housing estates. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, I don't want that. No, I'm, prob- I'm probably doing them a huge disservice there. Uh, but you know what I mean? That's how I imagined my life was being mapped out. So uh, going to art school was an escape. It was, I mean, my parents were horrified, you know. you never make a living at that. And to a certain extent, they were true. Certainly for a few years, it was true. But... Um, you know, to leave a, a, a pretty well-structured job with prospects, you know, um, to just taking a chance. But sometimes in life you have to do that, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Now you're leaving a legacy. <laughs> look, look what you've done. It's incredible. It is amazing. Absolutely amazing work. This has been so much fun, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. I probably rambled like man. You'll have to edit it. <laughs> no, it'd be good. We're just going to leave it as is. So there's nothing yeah. to really take out, to be quite honest with you. Beautiful. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. It's been really good to speak to you. And I'll meet yeah. you both at Bloodstock. You yes, shall you indeed, will. sir. It'd be yeah. great. So thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. I know it's obviously getting dark but before you go are there any plug social medias anything you want people to go and check out at all no i know not really i mean just my website if they, want to, if they want the book you know they can buy it through the website prints uh art prints you know the the two album covers for maiden and um you know, priest and marillion etc etc they can you can find it quite easily so uh, yeah yeah cool <laughs> what a humble man i like it i like it <laughs> incredible uh, stay cozy yes. always always, always stay, stay cozy, cozy yes. they're dropping brand new they're dropping brand new clothing tomorrow actually mark so uh keep really? your eyes peeled for that yes they are. are you connected with them in some way then did you say i can't remember yeah we are yeah yeah all right i'll look so they sponsor our show so they sponsor, um, show, right? they sponsor our show and the guy we interviewed like i said the, the guy who owns them two years ago he's now one of my closest and best friends so oh brilliant like i say just those doors open don't you from just doing stuff like this are they uk based or US? canada oh canada. they're in canada yeah, yeah. so highly cool. recommend sir yeah i like the one behind well this bad boy with the, with the mickey mouse and the yeah <laughs> great <laughs>
I'll let him know you said that, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him I thought their work was Mickey Mouse. No, I don't. no I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, I love it. No, I love it. With the, uh, Nirvana eyes and everything. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, a, it's meant to be a panda head. It's, it's a panda? Very, yeah. Uh, see, I didn't get that. With a rose. With a rose. Yeah? Yes. 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 We've got the yes. rose. We've got the rose and the red lips. Brilliant. Okay, I'll have to get one. So, in, you know, in honour of uh, meeting you at Bloodstock. Oh, legend. Love it, love it. Staycozyclothing.com. Stay you'll, so, you'll be able to recognise me. I'll be wearing the Stay Cozy shirt. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mark, my friend, this has been a genuine pleasure. Thank you so okay. much. And we'll see you uh, in the middle of really, August. really easy Indeed. for me. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. We appreciate that. All right. Cheers then. What a great conversation. I love that conversation so much. It's a great interview. We are piling them. Piling them up high, boys. Mark, thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. We really appreciate it. We really hope that you guys enjoyed listening to it. Listening as much as we did recording it. Mr. Stevens. Jamie. Oh, I didn't get a surname. Anyway, it's all this participation time. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's Participation Challenge. This week I said, well, when I originally posted this, I said, it's almost summertime. Fuck it here now. Time to light the barbecue, crack open a few cold runs and enjoy some great music. So this week I ask you, if you had to pick one song, what is your ultimate summer song? The song that just makes you think of those glorious warm days outside. What's that you, sir? Uh, Shifty slide alongside. I can't think what that is. He's the lead singer. He's the rapper from Crazy Town. Okay. Uh, it's one stop, one shot. It's all we ever got. Gary got me started. No, I'm not going to stop. Now slide alongside. Yeah, baby, that's right. I'm going to show you the time of your life. It's really catchy. It's really good. And I highly recommend you listen to it right now. Fair right enough. now. Right now. Right now. Okay, right I'll, now. I'll, no. No. <laughs> no. For me personally... It's Place Your Hands by Reef. As soon as I hear that song, yeah. As soon as I hear that song, I'm like, yes, let's go. I love it. Oh, place your hands. Oh, my home. When you ask me. Oh, I know. (laughs) We had so many amazing answers to this. To the point I'm actually considering getting them all together and making like the TCO Pod summer playlist. Do it. From all of our listeners, because we had so many amazing answers. So let's start us off. Ben Gummery with September by Earth, Wind and Fire. Don't know. Wait, do you remember? Uh, I do know it. I do know it. I knew this question was just going to look at us singing loads. Uh, Abby Lloyd says Mungo Jerry in the summertime. Another great song. In the summertime, when the river oh. See, if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be singing a tune. With names like, oh. <laughs> Debbie Myatt, my mother joins in with Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Rays. I definitely know that one. And Shiny Happy People by the B-52s. Okay. Yeah, not ones I expected from my mother, especially Katrina and the Rays, but there we go. Uh, Jasper Barrett. I don't like summer, so it's a song I fucking hate. So Jeff Beck's Hi Ho Silver Line. <laughs> <laughs> Which fair play, I, that is a quite an annoying song by Jeff Beck. Anyway, yeah. Phil Jolly says, oddly, mine would have to be David Bowie's Oh You Pretty Things, because whenever I hear it, I immediately think of a junior school trip that I was on. It must have been the summer of the early mid-70s. 
Love that. I love that. Nice. Song that takes you back to the summers of old. Gemma Williams says, I hate summer, so walk with me in hell by Lamb of God. Fair. Why do people hate the summer so much? I love it. Lisa M says, Weezer Island in the Sun. Tune. Tune. Yep. Becky Westwood. (laughs) Becky Westwood is one I can relate to because we have done this. Limp Biscuits Hot Dog. It's a great song to just wind down the windows and sing along to. It's 46 bucks in his fuck dog, man. Is your daughter in the car? No. I was going to say. Is that what she learned it from? Graham Arnold, who probably says the ultimate answer for this time of year. Nelly, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> I am getting so hot. Uh, Ethan Tyler March with an answer that really made me laugh. <laughs> Beer by Alestorm. Or if I'm feeling a bit more out there, man, I feel like a woman by Shania Twain. <laughs> yeah, that last one's a little bit genius. How could you get any more polar opposite songs? It's great. He's he's trans, so it makes sense. That makes a whole uh, yeah. Sense. That's why it's a genius fucking that's answer. That's an amazing answer. Yeah. I just liked because the contrast, but no, that makes it even that's better. Fucking excellent answer that is. <laughs> Chris Wallace, we have two amazing song choices: Don Henley's "The Boys of Summer" or Brian Adams' "Summer of '69." See, this is a great summer play. We love the Wallace. Yeah, we love the Wallace. Helen Barrett says, Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. Another great song. Chris Austin says, pretty much anything by Newfound Glory or the Stone Roses. All the cheesy dance chart stuff from the mid to late 90s like Dario G, Sash, Ultranate, Underworld, DJ Quicksilver. My middle-aged brain seems to remember 1995 to 2001 just being this one long summer. That's what, Newfound Glory or the Stone That's such a different, that's a contrast insane. <laughs> Tom Devlin says, I think you should really check out Daft Punk's new single, Get Lucky, if you get the chance to hear it. Because <laughs> it's the most played song ever. <laughs> Dave Efferenton, Starships by Nicki Minaj. I'll take the hate. I can't remember how that goes, but I know I know it. No idea. I think it's that one. Which, I, I don't know. Peter, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Charlie Steele. I think you're going to like this one, Mr. Stevens. Hyper Hyper by Electric Cool Boy. Yes. That's a great answer. That is a great song. Have you heard that new? Have you heard that new song, Fuck Boy? I haven't yet. I've heard you need that in your life. It's I'll phenomenal. I'll have to like, check it out. Uh, what else we got here? We've got some of the great ones here. Neil Stone Dead says Panama by Van Halen. Whenever I hear it, I'm instant transported back to Donington 1984. Hot sunshine, cold cider, 17 year old body, no worries or life stress is the perfect day. I love answers like that. Delicious. Uh, Alan Kinsey with an answer we got way too much like at least 10 times I saw this answer All Summer Long by Kid Rock what a tune that is as well and I've had it in my head all day because of somewhere between a boy and man that's a great song it's a great song Uh, Sam Matthews We Like to Party Venga Bus nice Venga Bus is coming two more Jenny Arnold says, I'm made of wax, Larry. What are you made of by a day? Oh, she's my new favourite person in the world. <laughs> that is an excellent and superb answer from the greatest band in the world. Yes, I love it. I knew you'd like that one. She said, I heard it a download one day, waiting for the next band, and ever since it's been a staple song. Oh, God, me. that band are just... See my birthday, Jamie. Fucking phenomenal. Um, two more. Cher- Kerry Hobson 
These days, it's Megitson by Baby Metal. Trouble is, for my neighbours, it's Red Red Wine by UB40. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, John Heath. No, sorry, wrong one. There you go. Last one. Siobhan Timblin. For some reason, the song that makes me feel like it's summer is Heaven is a Half Pipe by OPM. Probably because it was a summer theme song for my group of friends back in the day. Love it. That's an absolute What a banger. tune. That's a huge tune. One hit wonder. Clearly a massive one hit wonder. A massive one hit And it, again, it just makes me think of summer. Uh, that's what was this was all about. I love it. I'm going to get all these answers together. I'm making a playlist. Hang in. That sounds great. Uh, but if you enjoy... Jamie's Participation Challenge, and you participate, and thank you so much if you do. And enjoy Tom's Journal, Callum's Treachings, all the shit we talk at the beginning, and the interview. Then you enjoy the other 47 editions of the Chronicles of Podcasts. Yeah, that's right. We're 48, motherfucker. Yeah. 48 episodes. It's mental. Or two and a half hours long, though. I'm so sorry to listen to all this bullshit. The interview's the only great part, and all the rest. No, I'm joking. Um, but anyway... You can find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts from. We are great. I'm only messing. We're not shit at all. You're all good. Um, so make sure you subscribe and download us on there. You can also find us on the YouTube, Jamie, at the Chronicles of Podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to so get notified every time a new video is released. And comment, 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 comment as much as you like. It'd be great if you could leave some reviews as well. Reviews? Reviews, please. Reviews. Yes, yes. yes. Reviews be grand um you can also find our hashtag wbw way back wednesdays every wednesday 6 p.m on the youtube available for you uh they're all on there but there's only gonna be a few new ones only a few more to go i think two or three weeks worth so we're, we're almost at the end of our hashtag WBWs and we love them very much. We will hopefully find something new for you to fit in there instead. You can also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button, that like button, hit the like, hit the like, hit the like and the follow, share, share it everywhere, share it everywhere. Um, Jamie, um, do you know where else you can find us? Uh, standing in the record stores, looking at these beautiful art covers that were made by this week's guest, Mark Wilkinson. Absolutely. But you can also find us on the Twitter at TCO Pod. Thank you, Chris Jericho. Do you know where else you can find us, Jamie? Uh, looking at the uh, weather forecast. Going, Why does it have to be so hot when I'm going to cycle for 10 hours? You're doing that. And we're also on the Instagram at TCO Pod. We're also on the TikTok at TCO Pod as well. Please come and follow us there. You can also come to our beautifully brand spankingly sexy and wonderful little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find out all of our us on there, all our affiliations are on there, uh, all of our shows are on there, everything, everything's on there. Jamie's just given page on there. Go and donate to Jamie for his bike ride this Sunday. Do it now. Do it now. He's going Sunday. He's going. Make sure that money's in. Um, the, the Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, sharers, raters, tell all of your friends about us. Allow us into your ears. And most importantly, Make sure the door's locked. It was quite ominous. I liked that. It's very ominous. Before we get out of here, let's say thank you to a couple of our friends, shall we? First off, every single little bit of music you hear on this show is delivered to you by one man. And one man only. He's a multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, and he is a beautiful human being. And his name is Mr. Matt Roberts. You can find him at Matt Roberts Music. Go to Spotify and check out all of his music. 
music. He literally released a new single last week. He's teasing another one already. Look at him. The man's a machine. He's all over the bloody place. And, of course, we have to say thank you to Mr. Braden Barry. StayCozyClothing.com or the Stay Closy smartphone app. Go over there. Check out this brand new summer line. There are some incredible, incredible items on there. And while you're over there, go and check out his brand new single with Vance called Better Than Before on Spotify. Yes, it's very damn amazing. Good. It's very amazing. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Jamie. Continue. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The new summer line, as I was just saying, it's absolutely incredible. And there's not just black stuff and white stuff and grey stuff. There's pink stuff. There's yellow stuff. There's bright blue stuff. Incredible, incredible items of clothing. Go and help yourself. Add one of them into your basket. And put in that discount code, The Chronicles, at checkout and get yourself 10% off your order. And if you want to help him support them, go get the Sophie Lancaster Collaborative T-shirt. It's an absolutely stunning design. And 50%, 50% of the profits is going straight to these guys. Thank you so much to Braden for helping support these guys. It means the absolute world to us. We're just middlemen that seem to happily work with a perrier. But still, it means the world to us regardless. And last but not least... It's these guys. It's the Sophie Lancaster Foundation stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. And I mean everywhere. The one thing I've discovered while doing this bike ride and talking to people at work about it is you mention who it is and they go, oh, my God, I remember that. That was absolutely disgusting. Like, it is still in people's minds. People still remember this happening. And that was back in 2007. And people are shocked when I tell them that things like that are still happening to this day. And it is disgusting. So help us, help them to get this solved. Let's make it a hate crime legally like it should be. When we had a meeting with Alison and the company a couple of weeks ago, they have asked us to ask you if you have experienced anything in regards to being bullied, spoken to down by anyone, and it becoming from you being part of an alternative subculture, head over to the website and there's a little questionnaire they want you to fill in because we want as much evidence as physically possible to take to the court and say, this is a hate crime. Help them complete their mission that they are aiming to do. This was Sylvia's mission. Let's make it real. Help us. Help them. Please. Last but not least, when it comes to them, as Tom was alluded to and as I alluded to earlier, this Sunday, I'm getting on my little bicycle and I'm cycling 116 miles. And I really want you lot to sponsor me, quite frankly. We don't. We give you this show for free every single week, all these amazing interviews. For this time, we want something from you. Deep into your pockets, as much as you can get, even if it's just a quid. Donate it. Let's help them raise as much money as possible. And last but not least, in Garden these guys, Bloodstock Festival. If you are there, come and see us. We will be at the Soapy Tent all weekend and help us spread that message. We want to hear your stories, so come and help us film some footage. And last but not least, thanks to that handsome bugger who's waiting for me to finish talking. Thank you, mate. Thank you to you too. Uh, yeah, please go check out the brand new Semi Can Fly track better than before on Spotify or on YouTube. Um, uh, also, Jamie, I forgot to mention something in the catch-up at the beginning. Uh, I've started William Regal's podcast. Oh, okay. uh, The Gentleman Villain. Uh, Jamie, yes, sir. It's excellent. Sure it's excellent. I've they're like two and a half hours along, but I'm already two in. I finished two already in a space of two days. Um, it's it's superb. Uh, so yeah, I've been checking that out. It's just great listening to him talk like some of the things that he talks about, and you're like, he's very open about a lot of things. If you're a wrestling fan, 
go and check out William Regal's podcast because you will not be disappointed. It's excellent. If uh, only so. I had a lot of time to film what I could do with things to listen to that are quite lengthy very soon. So, uh, yeah, it's superb. Um, so, yeah, please go and check that out right now. Uh, it's great. And while you're at it, go and check out Mr. Regal's, one well, Mr. Regal's best friends, Matt Ricardo. The Chronicles of Matt Ricardo available on our YouTube uh, and on our Spotify. You will thoroughly enjoy that as well. Jamie, another absolutely glorious episode, sir. Indeed. I don't know about you, sir, but I'm a sweaty puddle, so I need to get out of here. Absolutely. Mark, thank you so much again for taking part in our show, for being an absolute genuine legend. We thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you, um, and we look forward to seeing you at Bloodstock. And as for this week, uh, we'll see you all for a fucking belter next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye!